so keep in mind we are keeping the tradition by starting with our Universal Monster series. This is our first show, so bear with us. We're just kind of going from there. Um, we started doing little get-togethers and things like that and kind of brainstorming and seeing how everything goes. And I've been always wanting to start a podcast, so here we are. Um, finally. Uh, yes, finally. <laughs> Lots of learning, lots of learning and making sure that, you know, I don't screw up or anything like that. Um, but other than that, before we get into the movie, we got a th little kind of topic that we started together called where we just kind of show or kind of showcase and talk about our current pickups during the week. Um, you want to start with that or what you got recently? Uh Oh, sure. Uh, I finally, after three years of waiting, got my hands on Perfect Skin, an independent film starring Richard Brake. I don't want to give out too much of the film because it's really impressive, but it's about a tattoo artist that abducts a woman and tattoos her against her, her will. And oh, there's a lot more going on than that, but pick, I, I recommend everyone pick this movie up or at least rent it on Amazon. Hmm. Oh, that sounds like, sounds pretty interesting. I mean, I wouldn't object to getting free ink, you know, but if it's kind of a creepy way, well, maybe not. <laughs> oh, no, it's creepy. It's, uh, I was, Bray can definitely carry a movie. Um, he's, you're following actually not just the story of the victim, but also his story. And he carries it amazingly just I was kind of shocked. I was very impressed. It's not like crappy where you feel like it's kind of like a, a saw ripoff, but instead of torturing people, it's just torturing them with ink. You don't feel like it's like that? Oh, no, not at all. It's actually um, this artist finds out that he's not going to be able to create anymore because of health reasons. Mm. So this is kind of his magnum opus that he's making before he's unable to create anymore. <laughs> It's actually a very kind of tragic story and heartbreaking. God. Well, I'm I'm down to get it. I'm down to watch it. I'm always open to like watching new things and just finding out new stuff. Um, but is there any other movies or any other like I don't know, reading any books or anything like that? Um, I actually just started reading Mindhunter again. Oh, after wow. watching finishing season two, which if you aren't watching Mindhunter, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you gotta watch it I need to get on that boat basically and, and watch it I've been terrible I've been watching like Nosferatu and stuff like that and... <laughs> you gotta go back through Nosferatu it's like it's honestly that's something I watch at least once every two months just gotta put it in <laughs> hmm. I will do that and I will basically check that out I man I TV watching and me, it's like I'll be I'll be watching it, and next thing you know, I'll be passed out. <laughs> be asleep. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I fell asleep during some episode, so I'm looking through, and I'm like, oh crap! I fell asleep when they were talking to Kemper. Where's Kemper? Where is he? <laughs> Trying to find the episode by serial killer. No, it's it's a very if you're a true crime fan, it's really just they get the killers perfect to the point where i have a conspiracy theory that they cloned these people like 30 years ago just for this show because <laughs> the actors they get look way too much like them and are way too on the nose as far as how these people acted in interviews and things like that so very spot on in like actually finding people that look like the actual person not like oh, yeah. zach not like Zach Afron and freaking Bill. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. It's much better than that. Yeah, better than Ted Bundy. Uh, he, he, yeah, no thank you. I'll, I'll pass on that. Uh, that movie was okay, but it wasn't the best. But it, I will definitely take out and check out Mindhunters. Oh, yeah, definitely. And what about you? Have you been gotten your uh, hands on anything fun? <sighs> Um, the last thing I bought was a, a record. I believe it is from Mondo. 
Um, it is the Night of the Living Dead soundtrack, and it's kind of like a weird type of vinyl where it's green, kind of mixed with like black and smoke colored and things like that. It's pretty cool. I do like some some of that uh, horror movie vinyl stuff. That's the guilty pleasure besides VHS tapes and things like that. But yeah, other than that, that's pretty much what I've been picking up. Um, haven't bought a lot of movies. I think the last one is Pet Cemetery, just because I wanted to witness it myself. I didn't go and see it in the movie theater, and ugh. I haven't seen it yet. I'm afraid to ask. I'll, I'll do you a favor. Uh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> if it, if it's on Netflix, maybe. If it's like maybe you get it for streaming, maybe you get it for free, maybe you get the movie like chunked down a hallway or something like that. <laughs> But don't buy it. It was just, it was like, you could see so many flaws with it. And especially if you read the book, um, it's just terrible. But yeah, that's the current pickup was the last, like the last Blu-ray was Pet Cemetery, And then I had vinyl and stuff like that. And that's pretty much what I've been doing. And, and then buying a shit ton of like horror movie, like vacuum form type of mask to decorate the office with. That's what I've been doing. Um, but yeah, that's it. Just, you know, hitting up the fall section once in every blue moon. Cause it's getting that, getting close to that time, of course. But yeah. Um, a hmm? few of the spirits are open up around here. I was surprised. The spirit Halloweens mm-hmm. or spirit Halloween stores are already opening up. I have, I used to work for Spencer's years ago, so I still have friends in that whole store and, they were posting all the stuff and people coming in and out. It was like, wow, they're open early this year. Yeah, it it's like back to school season, yet people are still like hitting up, you know, Spirit Halloween and all these other like home places are putting out all their fall stuff. It's pretty rad. I'm like, yes, finally. I am Dracula. Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. Rats. 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 Thousands. Millions of them. But no, this is no dream. This is Dracula, the original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. Dracula? Oh, what, what's he done to you, dearie? Tell me. He came to me. He opened the So do you have any tidbits from your notes on this movie or... We could just combine um, with. Let's see. I have notes about, of course, the itty bitty bee coffin that you see in the beginning of the movie, which I'd never noticed before, and the guard armadillos. Yes! Um, <laughs> the armadillos. I'm like, those are armadillos. Why are there armadillos? And like, he's got like guard armadillos. Why? I, I, there were three of them, right? Yes, and they come out from under the chair like Renfield tries anything. My guard armadillos are gonna get you. <laughs> have Have you ever seen one? Like, have you ever gone to the zoo and like gotten real close to one and it just got into its little pr- protective? I'm from Texas, so we already see those things all the time, and I I don't ever see them like being aggressive or anything like that. And I would never think that they would have those type of animals in Transylvania. I, I, they're so 
like I, I'll go to the zoo and see them and they're adorable. Yeah. Which is kind of like they got these cute little pink butts under all that armor. <laughs> Walking and... with their little feet. Yeah. <laughs> and here they are in Dracula's castle, which I did read on Internet Movie Database that the reason that there are guard armadillos is because I guess they would see them digging at graves. Okay. Which is kind of, which I guess, you know, you got people buried and grubs go to dead bodies and armadillos eat insects, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's that's your excuse to put armadillos in Transylvania, which I'm pretty sure they're not a native species of there. Yeah, I, I kind of find that hard. I'm all like, Did, what the hell? The, no, that, that's not possible. <laughs> I, I feel like that they were like, well, we don't have any wolves. We don't have any weird cats or anything like that. But we have armadillos, so take it or leave it while making the movie and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems like that may have been what happened because there's a lot of that whole like, oh, look, there's a giant wolf running through the yard that we're not going to show, but we're all going to act like we're staring at it. Come on, Universal, you can get a big dog of some kind. Like put something on a on a on a puppy or something like that and have it run somewhere. Like a... Right, like people German shepherds back then. Just get, get one of those. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I found that really funny. I'm all like, those are armadillos. And they're not showing a wolf. They're not showing anything. They're showing basically bats hanging from the damn ceiling. And it's supposed to be talking to uh, Dwight Fr- uh, is it Fry or Frey? I believe it's Fry. Fry. Yeah. Okay. He is one hell of a character actor. He, his performance is so unnerving. And that laugh he does. Yeah. That sounds kind of like Six Shooter. And when he's on the boat, that he, he, he. I was like, oh. <laughs> kind of mad at myself for watching this at night. <laughs> that face is going to haunt me now. <laughs> or when they find the, when they find the boat and they open up and he's like at the end of the stairway that when making that face, that scared the shit out of me. I'm like, that would scare, like, the shit out of me when I was younger, probably. But, yeah, that was creepy. But he, like I said, yeah, he's been in a bunch of Universal Monster movies, and we never really noticed until, you know, you, you pointed that out, that he was in The Invincible Man. As a reporter, and um, I looked at it, and he's uncredited. There's a lot of stuff that people did on various movies that are that's completely uncredited. It's like, oh, someone go grab Dwight. You know, he's on set across the street. Just grab him, please. Throw him in this scene. And we need somebody to do some work for us. We can't find any people. That That's just, like, terrible. So he got uncredited. And he, because I feel like he did, like, one hell of a job better than Lugosi did in this movie. Well, he- he was credited as Renfield in, in Dracula. It was Invisible Man that he was uncredited as yeah. the reporter. And uh, weirdly enough, though, uh, Carl Freud, Freed, uh, the cinematographer, he did a lot of directing on the film because Todd Browning, I guess, was dealing with some major alcohol issues mm. and was absolutely devastated from the death of Lon Chaney that he would just leave set and there are a lot of actors who said yeah we hardly saw todd but you know carl would be there directing us and carl is put down as an uncredited director on dracula but todd got the credit basically even though he had all this crap happen to him that's just i have to love like old school hollywood you have to love that like you know you could work on a movie but still get like nothing credited i don't see any of these people like coming out of the blue going, Hey, why didn't I get this money for, you know, doing like directing half the damn movie, you know, but I don't know. That's just funny. And it's just weird. And also the fact they didn't want Lugosi 
he had to like fight tooth and nail for that role, even though he was playing Dracula on Broadway. They tried to get Karloff, but I guess Karloff and Browning were going through some things. So Karloff said no. And then he wanted Cheney, but Cheney died in 1930. Mm. I'm trying to think who else. And Junior was too young at this time. Lon Cheney Jr. was way too young, probably, to be a yeah, Dracula. He was, he was way too young. And um, oh, the ah, why am I blanking? The the actor who played uh, Victor Frankenstein, Clive. They wanted him. Oh, be... no, not to play Dracula. I'm sorry. <laughs> to it's play okay. We're, hey, we're fat. We're fact checking right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What else? Oh, that whole thing about Lugosi not knowing English when he did the role. Because he's Romanian, right? That was a complete load. Like, he knew English perfectly well and actually was one of the people that talked Bromstroker's widow price for the rights to Dracula down. <laughs> hey, so, he, had that, he had that charm and he basically said, hey, yep. Miss Stoker, l- let us make this movie. We don't have enough money. <laughs> they didn't have any, or were they kind of like under budget or to kind of do this movie? I think, yeah, they were kind of under budget and there were some budgeting issues because they were filming all the um, English stuff and during the day. And then the Spanish actors came in and they did the Spanish Dracula on the same set with everything. And they would do it all during um, the night shift. Lovely. So it was a crowded set. But it was always a busy set, too, in a way. I feel like that oh, would be... You got the morning people, then you got night people. That's like a 24-hour job, how crazy that was. Mm-hmm. And then if you get your hands on the Spanish Dracula that they were filming, what the Spanish actors were doing is watching the American actors and going, we can do that scene better. Oh, damn. And they would, like the scene with the mirror where he shows Dracula the mirror and Dracula like just swats it away in the Spanish version Dracula takes his cane and completely shatters the mirror out of his hands see now I want to watch that I do that and watch it I find it funny that the release date was kind of hilarious because it's around it was around February that this was released Mm -hmm. I think it was released on the 12th like in New York and selected cities and then they released it on the 14th which is a good old Valentine's Day movie especially since Dracula was sexy in this one apparently yeah so all the not not the baby boomers who else was born during this time uh the greatest yeah one of the generations there's like probably a gigantic burst of of people that came from around 1931 <laughs> Right. Baby, uh, the, yeah. The baby they're, boomers, I thought, they're like the 50s. Mm-hmm. They're like 50s to like late, like 60, 62, 63. I can't remember the decade before that, but maybe the, the golden? Yeah, probably. Something? Golden generation? Yeah, probably. Somewhere in that area. Somewhere where like. 1931 kind of you know everybody was watching the dracula movie and then everybody had to have a kid apparently because they saw this romantic this romantic romanian man (laughs) so this isn't recording right no this this is recording recording. (laughs) okay because i had a funny story but it's a it's a little personal so i won't tell it now (laughs) Uh, okay okay we will (laughs) save that for later tell me later Is it you just, like, admiring, like, Bella Lugosi? No, it's... <laughs> it's okay, you don't have to say it. <laughs> okay, it is funny. So, I can't think of the actor who played Dracula um, in the 70s. I actually never saw those movies. It wasn't, my mother... was it Christopher Lee? No, it was, I believe he was Spanish. No, I'm gonna have to look it up. He was, like, the sexy Dracula and 
my mother was obsessed with him. So Halloween, my mother asked my dad to dress up like him and sneak through her window and he like came tumbling out of the window dressed as Dracula. That would scare the crap out of me. I would be like, ah! <laughs> I guess she was into it. I was like, that's kind of weird, mom. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> hey, at least they had like, you know, at least they were like, Willing to just do stupid stuff for each other. Right. Yeah, that's good. Nothing bad with that. But. I think that was 1979. I'm trying to look it up now. See that? In 1979, the Dracula, the. What is that? that. Yep, this is. um, Jeez, my mother had horrible taste. (laughs) Oh, damn. Coming from the girl who thinks that David Cronenberg is the hottest man on the planet. Um, <laughs> Frank L- Langella? Langella? Yeah. He is, wow. And he's from Jersey. <laughs> oh, he was date. he dated Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Him and Whoopi were dating. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I don't think I've ever seen him in a movie before. I mean, the ones that I could recognize from, like, the 70s were... My favorite ones were, of course, like... Oh, God. What was it? Christopher Lee. But that was, like, 76. But that was the only yeah. one that kind of stuck out. Yeah. And then, like, Gary... Here comes Gary Oldman, and I'm all like, all right. He's still hot. Same age as my dad. That's Okay. <laughs> The nice thing is that everyone who's played Dracula has really kind of brought out a different aspect of Dracula. Like, Gary Oldman is definitely tragic Dracula. And then you have Lugosi, who's very predatory. Uh Like, I love the way he talked during the movie, especially to Renfield, because it was almost like he's saying, okay, that's great, Meal. Okay. Like, very just had did not care what Renfield had to say. You know, your food's talking to you. Just go away. Okay. You'll be eating thighs and stuff for me soon and bring me girls. Yeah, poor Renfield. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, Max Shrek was very alien. Very much the outsider aspect of Dracula. And uh, this guy, who's now Frank Langella, he was, you know, had that pirate shirt romance novel cover dracula <laughs> oh man if we if i find a picture of that i want to post that on instagram and just like it's like the fabio cover of dracula practically like carrying her to the bed with this like flowing like fit for a full moon freaking movie shirt just hair perfectly done <laughs> Oh, I was watching the trailer. It was, like, so corny. (laughs) I can't. Yeah, and see, and then they they list all the actors, and it's, like, after him was, like, Judd Hirsch. (laughs) And then who else? Yeah, Judd Hirsch, Jim Ward, Gary, yeah, Gary Oldman. They have, like, all these people that have played, like, some connection in, like, movie or, or shows or film. Eddie Murphy. Huh? Eddie Murphy. Eddie right? Eddie Murphy? Oh, there was Dracula, right? That he was playing? Is he... Vampire in Brooklyn? Yeah, oh my god. Um, have you, Give have me you a seen flashback. That? Yeah, that movie was crazy. I, I actually liked Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, I did too. I thought it was really just funny, especially with uh, the kind of Renfield-like character where he just kept falling apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gerard Butler was one of them before he was like King Leonidas as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, that one movie, Dracula 2000, I didn't pay attention to it that much, but yeah. I didn't notice it was him until like I saw it one time. It's like, oh shit. What else? Yeah, there's, man, countless. Ray Liotta friggin' played Dracula, but it was, like, in an animated movie, so I guess it was just his voice. Um, and John R- Jonathan Reese Myers was in the TV show Dracula. Yeah, that's a long list of actors, damn. 
I see only a few for Frankenstein, but still. I think Frankenstein's a bit harder to play. Like, you couldn't... You couldn't dress Jeffrey Combs up as Frankenstein, but you could possibly pass off as Dracula. I can't, I can't picture that because, like, he's 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 a like he's a normal size actor. You would probably need a dude that's really fucking tall. But I mean, if if he was to play Dracula, I'd be like, all right, um, let's. I want to see. Let's see what this looks like. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna take it serious, but like, yeah, I'm like. Mm. I don't know. It's a train wreck. You can't keep your eyes off of it, basically. No. If you're hearing this, Jeffrey Combs, don't maybe don't take that role if it comes up. Yeah, he's gonna stick to H.P. Lovecraft like all the other movies that he's done. I, I think he does great with Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Poe, Edgar Allan Poe, like he, I think he dressed up like Edgar Allan Poe and like recited a bunch of his work and I was like wow that's amazing oh yeah there was a one man stage show going for a while that unfortunately I didn't get to go see and, and I there's a good chunk of it on YouTube I think see I didn't and even it, know this I just see uh, pictures did so well and Stuart Gordon was like hey let's take this and run and um, Stuart Gordon originally was doing a lot of theater work in college uh, with his wife. Yeah, because they so, were the OG theater kids mm-hmm. then before they made Reanimator, right? Yep. Yeah. <sighs> and I actually read something really bizarre. I don't know if you're ready for it. <laughs> Bette About- Davis was about to play Mina. She was supposed to play Mina? She was. Um, they wanted her to play Mina. I could see that. Um, I heard like the actress that basically played like Mina in this in this movie. It was just kind of weird because she didn't have like she started in a couple of movies afterwards, and then um, she had de- had developed like serious alcoholism, and she apparently had fallen asleep with a cigarette in her hand one one night. And ended up burning like a good amount of her body. And so she was kind of like, didn't really get that, you know, movie body anymore. Didn't get really that work as well. So the others lived to probably be into their 40s and 50s. Um, I think the one that lived the longest was Jonathan Harker. uh, What was his name? Manners, not Manning. (sighs) Jonathan Harker's character. I'm trying to remember his name. But he lived to be like 98, and he did a buttload of movies. And so, like, yeah, that was interesting. I'm so, bringing it up. You're what? I'm bringing it up now because I'm like, let's see, Jonathan Harker, David Manners. Da- yes, David Manners. David Manners. I was forgetting his damn name. What the hell? But he lived a really long ass life, and he was in a in a bunch of other movies, and then kind of just retired. Oh yeah, but Lugosi, man, he was that was, and he also developed alcoholism was when he met like Edward and stuff like that. Yeah, he was one of the first, uh, if not the first, celebrity to be public about his um, drug use problem. Because wasn't he, he morphine or? I believe it was morphine or opium. Like he was a functioning drug addict, basically. Or he had like a woman that would just take care of him. Like because he's been married five million times. What was it? Let's see. Best is up to being a dope fiend, which back then dope meant everything. Everything was dope. Yeah, pot, meth. Well, I don't know about pills. I don't know. Pills were basically like candy, apparently, for everybody, for performers way back then. Oh, yeah. Well, they were putting, you know, like cocaine and baby um, medicine and stuff like that. That's scary to be be alive at that time. (laughs) 
Why won't my baby sleep? Well, you keep giving him cocaine, you know? Yeah, the real good night juice. (laughs) My baby just cleaned the entire house and can't even walk yet. Oh my god. That is scary. And why can't I not find what he had issues with? It may have been multiple drugs. I mean... It could have been. And then he was kind of functioning, but when when he met Ed Wood, like, he's like, oh my god, it's Bela Lugosi. It's the dude that was friggin' a vampire. It was the OG Universal Monster. And they kind of developed this crazy, you know, this crazy friendship and starred in what maybe like starred in one of the movies which was plan nine from outer space and i think what he died before it was done or it was like they were trying to edit it or something i think i believe he died before it was finished being edited and i remember he was buried in one of his capes wow which actually wasn't something he said it was something his um his wife and son thought was appropriate to do like yeah his son owns the dracula cape from the movie like one of the other ones or the original the on-screen cape with that kind of um it's like a cream colored inside almost Hmm. i mean of course in the film it shows up as gray but (laughs) but it's definitely seen Mm -hmm. oh man see that's crazy he was what? addicted to morphine and methadone. Oh wow! Holy shit! He wasn't, and he wasn't like a. He wasn't. He didn't have alcoholism or anything like that. Um. This is just I put in um, Lugosi drug use. So. <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, they all seem to go hand in hand. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, all the Plan Nine from Outer Space one, and I think he had passed away. But they were, you know, they were friends. He went to his Christmas party. It's pretty odd. That would be one hell of a Christmas party. Edward and Bella Gosi. And Vi- Vampira was probably there. She was or, a character. And then who? Who was? Who else was it? The friggin' wrestler. I'm trying to remember. God, I'm just drawing a blank. But mm, they had a. The Amazing Criswell and who else? Thor Johnson. That's his name. Thor Johnson uh, is a yeah, and he was a Swedish wrestler, and he played like I think he played in multiple movies of Ed Wood, and did did all that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Bandages right up to the top of his head. Laura's worried about Griffin. I had a terrible feeling last night. I felt he was in desperate trouble. He meddled in things men should leave alone. Not the slightest clue. That's where the clues are. He wasn't leaving anything to chance. There must be a way back. God knows there's a way back. Are you doing help? If only they'd leave me alone. It's the stranger with the goggles. He's gone mad. Frightened of me. The whole world's frightened to death. 
alive. I'll lay traps that even an invisible man can't pass. He's near stations now. Watch the wall. Help! Help! He's here! He's here! <laughs> All right. So let's see. The release date for this one is different. It was around November 13th, 1933. Mm -hmm. um, based on the H.D. Wells novel of the same name. And originally, Claude Rains was not the studio's first pick for this lead role. You, you probably know this, right? Yep, this is um, what I, I mistaked, made the mistake of saying earlier, where it was Colin Clive was up for it after Karloff. Yeah. Karloff first choice, and then they're like Colin Clive, who I could see, you know, doing some great things with the role. But weirdly enough, they found Claude Rains from a uh, screen test, which he did horribly at. But it was his voice that kind of caught it. Yeah, they he heard that um, James Whale heard his voice and said, "Yep, that's him." Because it's just not like you don't look at the face. It's like necessarily I want the the voice to be, mm -hmm. you know, I want the voice and then I want the actions of that. And yeah, they had friggin' Boris Karloff and friggin'. Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff did not like each other one bit. That's what I've come to assumption is that every time when they've thought of Boris Karloff, Bella Lugosi kind of just talked a bunch of shit or like when fans <laughs> would come up to him and, you know, it would be like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, the I shock look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But besides using wires and some of the effects, um, or was it that when like he takes his clothes off and stuff like that, he was Claude Rains was, was fitted was what velvet. All yes, black velvet. Black velvet. <laughs> oh, which may have been I I can't imagine um, spending most of the screen time in in black velvet. Clothes on top of it. Hell yep. no, man. Ugh. I'd be sweating like a whore in church. That's what it would be happening. And John P. Fulton did all those effects. And he said that the um, scene where he's Griffin is taking off the bandages in front of the mirror was one of the hardest scenes he's ever filmed. And it was like five or six different shots all combined together just to get that one shot of him taking off the bandages in front of a mirror. But it looked good for that effect at that time when there was no green screens and things like that. You can see kind of the texture of the black velvet and everything. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I liked so much about this movie is that how, you know, since it was only like 1933 that they were able to do like all these cool effects with it. <laughs> In all crazy practical effects, like the um, footprints. Yeah. Those were pieces of wood that they dropped from a platform. So some stagehands are perfectly dropping pieces of foot-shaped wood. And I believe it was, yeah, it was fake snow. Like piled and up. That, and they what? And they got that effect. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They were talking about it apparently when he walks in the snow that you can't see like it's supposed to you're supposed to see feet and not shoe size kind of imprints and I'm like we all know he's walking towards us I don't really you know give a crap about that but that's cared about continuity <laughs> yeah because let's face it the Invisible Man is basically. Claude Rains uh, messing with people and strangling people naked. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I'm like, he's he's bare-ass naked running right. around. One man terrorizes an entire town by taking his clothes off. <laughs> naked. Can't see it, but he's naked. Yeah. Oh my god, that's funny. I... I love the scenes where it's just like it's the you know basically the shirt is waving around 
or when he's just, you know, skipping. I guess it's like he's skipping at the end after he's killed that one dude, and he's. T- I guess he's taking the clothes off, and this chick's running away from him, and he's. Yeah, and it's just like he's got that good, like Mark Hamill Joker laugh through the mm-hmm. whole movie, and that was scary as shit. He definitely had the most, in my opinion, the most personality of all the classic Universal um, villains. Mm-hmm. He was snarky. He was. He just messed with people. He just enjoyed, like. <laughs> terrorizing the town throwing stuff around just for the reaction and when he kills his partner off it's like i'm i'm gonna you know make your car go down this hill and you're gonna stay there yeah and you're gonna you're gonna die i'm gonna give it a little push okay you just you just sit here and i'm just gonna push your car (laughs) that was an early scene too um and yeah when you were talking about him like wreaking havoc on that little tiny town and him knocking over the baby and shit that was that was interesting and uh of course una o'connor who played the um wife of the bar or of the tavern owner yeah her her acting oh she's just hilarious she's so over the top and entertaining Screeching, her being hysterical, because <laughs> her husband, I guess, got shoved down like a, like a, a fleet of stairs, no. and she's like looking at him, and she's just like, ah, you know, just like keckling, like shrieking. I'm like, oh my god. Well, that you know that I, I would expect that if my husband got fucked up, I'd be like, yeah, I would probably be doing the same thing. I'm like, oh. And then she just reprised her character in Bride of Frankenstein, where it's like hysterical screeching woman. Yes. I remember. I'm like, that woman looks familiar. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the same old lady from freaking Bride of Frankenstein. My God. That's just insane. One um, on the uh, Instagram page, a gentleman asked why we thought that the Invisible Man doesn't really get much love. You know, he's kind of like, you name, you know, you got your Dracula, your Frankenstein, your Wolfman, which people are usually the first three. But the the Invisible Man kind of gets left by the wayside. He's so underrated, but it's such a good like movie and it's always a good character. Mm-hmm. I just feel like people don't re- like people didn't people didn't care. But that's uh, like, yeah, that's one of the really cool questions that I like about it. I feel like he's an underrated kind of actor. I think him and like the Wolfman and the creature from Black Lagoon are in that area where people don't think about it when you say universal monsters. You think of just Dracula and Frankenstein, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I never I actually didn't see the Invisible Man until I was in college. And when I first saw it, I was like, how did I miss this movie? This is great. This is, it's hysterical. And they gave James Whale a lot more freedom with the movie, unlike they did with Frankenstein. So the whole formula of concerned mad scientist friend who also is going after the concerned fiance of said mad scientist, Uh James Whale wanted to kill him in Frankenstein because it's like, that's not cool trying to go after your buddy's fiance. So he got to kill him off in Invisible Man by throwing him down a hill in a car. Yeah. And that's why you just need to give directors more of a like a credit when they're trying their best and that usually the studio's like, No, we hate it. We don't want it. And mm-hmm. you know, you try to have like the best opinion about it. I never knew that there was gonna be a remake in twenty twenty. Until I saw that question as well, uh, same person. Uh, it's like, what do you, what do you, what do you want to see out of the remake or the reboot, whichever way it is. Uh, I, I don't. I have. I think everyone knows about Madeline's opinion of remakes, but <laughs> we have some good kind of universal remakes. I mean, I thought that Bram Stoker's Dracula was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. The only real gripe is that you never see Tom Waits playing it straight as went is uh, Renfield to see how bad 
Dracula messed him up. That's my biggest gripe about that film. But other than that, it's a beautifully done film. And the same thing with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Robert De Niro. Mm -hmm. Incredible movie. And I'll get crap for this, but I thought the Del Toro Wolfman was pretty good, too. I I would put it in the category of those two. Oh, man, you're going to get so much crap for that. Uh... (laughs) I'm going to get so much crap. Okay, we get to watch Anthony Hopkins. Spoiler alert. We get to watch (laughs) Anthony Hopkins turn into a werewolf. That has to be worth something. Because he was like, what, 70? Like, he was an old-ass werewolf, but he, you know... I wouldn't mess with Anthony Hopkins' werewolf. No, it's nope. just fucking Hannibal fucking Lecter, man. Jesus. It, I don't know. I was like in the movie theater cheering when that happened, which was nice. I was with a bunch of other horror fans, so you could sit there and cheer like a maniac and everyone else was cheering with you. Yeah. I, I liked that movie, and unfortunately, I'm pretty sure this remake is going to go down more of the path of... um. Oh, that embarrassing mommy Tom Cruise film. Oh, that was so oh, bad. Oh, God, I hope not. Ugh. Let's beat that dead horse. I think the Brendan Fraser one was the best, but yeah, I never, I didn't watch the Tom Cruise one. I just looking at the previews on it, I'm like, nope, I'll just pass. This is too much CGI for me. That's a little overstimulating and kind of dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it was so much just they did the most with that movie too much i don't know if if they do make it at least right hopefully hopefully because i don't know i'm i i kind of like the it re the you know the it remake i do like that um when it came to pet cemetery no of course but um i don't know i'm i'm gonna give an open mind but if it like first week that it opens and if people telling me it's a it's a bunch of crap i'm not gonna watch it i'll just wait till it comes on netflix i know like like i read a little bit of the storyline in it um and then elizabeth moss is in it and she's like playing a she's trying to evade her abusive or she thought she killed her abusive husband or something like that and turns out her you know invisible you know basically he's the invisible abusive husband that survived apparently and so she's freaking out but i feel like why don't you just call it hollow man if it sounds like that (laughs) actually i didn't read anything about it so my hope would have been that it went more closely with the hg wells um novel where uh, griffin isn't so much a mad scientist as he is um a political revolutionary which i thought was a really interesting concept but of course they're not gonna they're not gonna do that so it's yeah i I wish they would i would like because that's how friggin heath ledger got really the recognition for being the fucking joker is because some men just want to see the world burn and Mm -hmm. when you have it like that it's kind of you know because there'll be there's always an end with that so i don't know i'm yeah, if it sounds like a piece of crap, I'm not going to watch it. I'll just wait and then just kind of judge it on my own. But, yeah, that's my take on it. Was well, it can't be as bad as some of the ideas they had originally to make with the Invisible Man, where oh. it was, like, invisible animals everywhere. And <laughs> some of the concepts were so ridiculous, which there was an Invisible Man movie. I think it was Return of the Invisible Man where it was a vet and there was like a dog but there wasn't a whole lot but one idea was like there were invisible rats everywhere that were spreading an invisible plague and like okay you're getting you're getting a little too carried away that's weird there's another question um that is also in our IG account as well. And it's, which modern day actor would you choose for the roles of the Invisible Man or Dracula? I would, I don't know. Let's go with, go with Dracula first. Um, I'm just going to say Steve Buscemi because I want to see like a tired eye Dracula. <laughs> you, you want a remake of Blood for Dracula? <laughs> yes. 
with Udo. <laughs> I would I, now. I would think Steve Buscemi would make a fantastic Renfield. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, and I could definitely see that. I think he would be the perfect Renfield. Um, but of course, like the actor they would choose for Dracula would probably have to be somebody that's really nice looking. And oh man, I can't even think because nowadays, like I don't even know any new actors. I just know <laughs> them as more of like, oh yeah, that's you know, that's so and so. Yeah, I'm sitting here going down. Like sadly, I'm the same way. I'm like Daniel Craig. I don't know. I could see it, but maybe I—I I don't know. We need aged Dracula. Yeah, we don't really have an aged Dracula. Like, okay, no, that's a bad idea. No, yeah, I don't know. Maybe El Pacino. He well, I mean, he played the devil, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, he God. could be Dracula. Wow, I cannot really think of anyone. I have a weird little story about him. My friend used to work like on movie sets and things like that. And he would tell me about like one time he's like, yeah, I was in a bathroom, like, at you know, one of the theaters and Al Pacino comes in and he starts talking to all the guys at the urinals about like how like all these crazy broads and things like that. So Pacino's a fucking crazy ass, basically. I'm like, all right, let's see how that goes. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> It would be a very weird Dracula, I guess, with Pacino, but I, I don't know. I'd watch it. Yeah, me too. I, I'm i going through my brain, and I'm like, oh, man. I just cannot think of anyone who... What about, like, Vigo Mortensen? Maybe, like, him? He'd be an interesting Did... little... Didn't he voice Dracula I... in Castlevania? He might have. I don't think I... Probably. I'm pretty bad about checking new stuff, of course. Uh, Who else? I'm trying to remember. I couldn't really think of... Like, Dracula's a really hard role to think of. Um, But, yeah. I was thinking maybe Viggo Mortensen or friggin... Who else? That's 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 a good stumping kind of type type of question. It's like what the fuck, you know? I couldn't think of anything like that. No, me neither. Especially since, like, I'm pretty sure I'm not into any actor that's under the age of like 55 at this point. <laughs> not even 40, 55. Oh man. Yeah, it seems like the youngest one is like in his 50s. It's like okay, all right. <laughs> What else? Um, what about like Invisible Man? Because basically, this is you know Kevin Bacon doesn't do it for me. Kevin Bacon's like, Meh. he's in everything. I think again they have to get someone with a voice that you can pick out, like a dis- like oh you know like a Ron Perlman or a Clancy Brown, someone who has a great voice and go along with the whole like you don't see him through most of the film and then at the end you see who he was like they did that with Claude Vains and Rains and they did that with Vincent Price it's like oh it was Vincent Price the whole time <laughs> who knew they should just do it with like Jim Carrey or something like that and they could yeah that would be care that would that wouldn't be good I guess but then again when I think of Chauncey Brown I think of Mr. Krabs so I'm like oh no I don't know <laughs> about that good Pet Cemetery too, which isn't really making a good Invisible Man argument. He was creepy in that movie. I liked it when he was re- like in that in that movie. He was very creepy and he was very scary. Like he was like an unstoppable force. That was good. I and yeah, he's he's really good in another movie called Hellbender and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I don't really watch a lot of Chauncey Brown movies. Holy um, crap! Someone else who's heard of Hellbenders. Yep. I love that movie. Yep. It's interesting because it's a bit like what? They're just basically a bunch of like religious people that do a lot of bad things. Yes. Yeah, so that they can, um, when they exercise demons, just drag them to hell with themselves because they're going to, they kill themselves when they're exercising a demon. It's a very dark concept, but the whole movie is hilarious. And the fact that the only insult that Clancy Brown's character seems to know is cocksucker. 
Like I, I want to do a cocksucker count on that movie and just see how many times he says it. Just click, 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 yeah. click, click. Holy shit, 57 clicks. Like I, I'm pretty sure his last line in the movie is cocksucker. Oh my God. What else? That's all I can think of. It's like somebody who's a really good voice actor that I guess normally does animation, like maybe Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill would probably be a good one for Invisible Man. Yeah, if he can get away from the Joker voice, because it seems like when he does a different voice, it always is Joker. Like, I watched a few clips of this Child's Play remake, and that's all I could hear the whole time was Joker. So you didn't see the you didn't see the whole movie. You didn't see it yet. No, I I don't have enough booze in my house to think make it through that movie. It like I can understand that, and I can be on yeah. I was on that kind of road too when we saw the first picture of him, and I'm like, Jesus. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like the best, and it didn't like I didn't hate it. Um, it was, like, the first ever, like, horror movie I, I took my daughter to to just see what she would react to it because, like, she's not afraid anymore of certain things. And uh, mm-hmm. she she thought it was cool. I thought it was interesting. I, I think when he's singing, he has a singing part in this movie, so spoiler alert for that. Um, and it's not, like, I don't like the singing, but the song does get catchy and it's stuck in your head, basically. Huh. So, there's not a dance number, too, is there? No, there is not a dance number. I, I, I wouldn't mind if there was a dance number. No, no it wouldn't. Um, it's just, yeah, like they have, I don't know. You have, to, well, I guess once it comes to like a streaming service, I would say watch it sober. <laughs> just, 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 just give it a try. Just see how you think about it. Um, you know, it, it'll be like torture, but you could do it. <laughs> Actually, you know who would be a good Invisible Man? Because he, he, he goes crazy. The serum makes him go crazy. Mm-hmm. Robert England. Yeah. Because when he's playing, like, I my first introduction to Robert England was actually V, which his character in V is is precious. He's just adorable with his cute curly hair and his little smile. He looked like and, a dork. <laughs> <laughs> a cute little dork. Kind of. He was, it was surreal seeing him as Freddy Krueger for this first time. I'm like, what is going on? Really? This is not the same guy. But when he like softens his voice and he's being very gentle, it's very comforting. But when he's going off the rails, it's horrifying. Because he's really good at that. He's really good mm-hmm. at having this really deep voice. Um, yeah, I saw him in a little bit of the pictures from V, and I'm like, he's, he's a little nerd, but that was like the 80s, and the you know, that was the, the future, apparently, in the 80s. But, I don't know. That's, yeah, I could, yes, I could get behind that. I would definitely get behind a Robert England Invincible Man. I'd do that. But, they yeah, that's... Do universal monsters and just get horror actors to play them, like, Let's face it, Clancy Brown would be a great Frankenstein. Or or Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder's kind Kane. of in that Yep. What else? Uh, Bride of Frankenstein? I don't know. The Maybe Bride. Da- like Daniel Harris or Sherry Moon Zombie? Actually, I, I would go for Sherry Moon Zombie just because she has that kind of gaunt appearance and the fact that the bride is made from dead bodies would kind of add to that otherworldly look. I like that living dead girl look that she had in that music video. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The one uh, based off the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob Zombie, when he, like, decides to be all artsy, it's great. It's great. It's like, you be artsy, Rob. But. Yeah. <laughs> there's a big but there. <laughs> Yeah. But when he's bum rushed, it comes out bad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what free from free from hell's gonna look like. I'm terrified because I'm like, is it just gonna be basically him with all of the actors that are in the previous movies and he just wants to have like I don't even know what he's going with. 
I actually bought my tickets just the other day. I'm going to see one of the early releases and um, we're going to get a lot of shirtless Richard Brake action. So I'm very happy about that. Take it off. Yep. And one thing I like is the previews. It shows him going back to that kind of artsy, almost music video style of uh, cinematography that he did in House of Thousand Corpses, which I absolutely loved. And then he gave up on that for Three from Hell and made it look like every other damn movie that was coming out. And same thing with the first Halloween, second Halloween. He kind of went back into that. Lords of Salem, he kind of did. 31 he rubbed it right back up again so yeah i have high hopes yeah i didn't hate 31 um i like the storyline behind it i just think it was an under another underrated movie that didn't get noticed so i don't know maybe he's like pulling himself out of a a hole or something i just don't know what to think about it um I'll, I'll watch it fuck it let's see what it you know if it's terrible then let it be <laughs> But, what yes. I noticed is if you, like, don't go to Rob Zombie if you want, want well-rounded characters and incredible dialogue and in-depth storytelling. If you want mindless violence with Chop Top <laughs> and his wife in it, that's what you're going to get. You know, like, when 31 <laughs> came out, everyone was tearing into it. And I'm like, you guys are expecting Stanley Kubrick. This is Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, not going to get you know, these well-calculated shots and this incredible dialogue. No, you're going to get people saying fucking cock a lot and, and just <laughs> killing people. All right. Let it, yeah, let it, let it happen. It's just a, it's just like a stupid movie just to see, you mm-hmm. know, I don't like, oh, but besides that, besides like all the remakes of that, um, was there anything else that we needed to cover for the Invincible Man besides like all the questions for our two two, two topics or no? Invisible Man. Uh, the only other note I have is James Whale, big beautiful sets and gorgeous flower arrangements. Which, if you notice James Whale movies, there's really always gorgeous flower arrangements in, in like every scene. And co- and very like well orchestrated sets, like lots of detail, lots of mm-hmm. you know this and that. Especially when he's like in the um, in the hayloft in the barn, like it's big. There's like hay. There's hay everywhere. I always thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, you could tell. I like that's why I like James Whale movies. They're just pretty pretty awesome. Beautiful sets and nice costumes like i miss that charm we don't get that anymore it seems like with movies that there's so much careful detail in just costumes and set placement and things like that now it's i mean when you're looking at a movie you're seeing like 30 percent that's actually filmed and the rest is cgi mm-hmm. like clouds buildings and furniture in the background yeah it's just you really you really have to like notice because like way back then all the movies were about just like just checking out all the you know the theatrical you know how the actors persuaded themselves but also like their wardrobe since it was all black and white having to be noticed so we you know i never knew that like his cape was you know it had peach or what was it what color was it again on the inside it was like a, a cream color from the picture I saw from his son showing the cape that he has in his house. Yeah. And never knew that because if you see some of that, like the lining of his cape, when he would pick it up, you would assume that it was red, but I guess red would be too dark to see on Mm -hmm. film. So they used light, you know, light shades and things like that. I always just, it's the little things that make these really old movies cherished. And, you know, I, I enjoy them a lot. Oh, yes, same here. And the elaborate acting, like, yep. when someone goes, like, when someone starts crying, they full-on throw themselves on the floor and are sobbing. They have collapsed. It doesn't matter what happened. They could have stubbed their toe. They are on the floor. <laughs> you can feel their pain. It's amazing. 
All right. Was there any shout outs that you wanted to give out? Um, any any thank yous or anything like that or any kind of like name dropping you want to do? <laughs> so many people I would love to name drop. Uh, <laughs> I want to name drop Queen Cujo for inviting me to be part of this podcast that I'm so excited for. So there we go. Thank you. I'm so glad that you agreed. It's like a marriage here. Yes. <laughs> I hope you don't get tired of my shit. And same here. I I, I tried to keep my swearing down. It, it, it was hard. it's okay. <laughs> no, just it just let it out. Don't don't have to be modest. Just it's fine with me. We only went off topic a little bit, but hey. What's a podcast about horror movies if you don't rant about remakes for at least three minutes? Yes, I. That's a new rule. I guess if we like hit a three minute, we're like, all right, time, time. We can't do it. <laughs> we have yet to mention any remakes and complain about them, so we got to get that in here now. Oh, great. Love or hate? <laughs> hate. <laughs> yeah, mostly, mostly hate. But everyone knows that about me. I don't know. I mean, you just get, like, your honest opinion about stuff like that. And I'd rather have somebody have an honest opinion than anything else. Um, But, oh, God. I can't think of, like, any thank yous in particular, except for maybe my family in the Outsiders of Horror, who have helped me kind of establish and kind of guided me with what I need to do. That's pretty much it. Um... And yeah, the the other members of the horror community as well. All right, then. That was our podcast for Dracula and the Invisible Man. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this and that you enjoy our new podcast. If you want to, you know, search us out. <laughs> Ask us questions. Yes. That, is, that helps. I know that helps me. <laughs> yes. Send in them questions. We want to hear all that stuff. But other than that, thank you very much. And Mm -hmm. goodbye. Bye.